It's quite a lot of light. Technical department, please. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to church today. Good to see everyone again. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you. This is better. You are the reason I live. You're the one for me. You're the one for me. Amen. Okay, so uh, we have, we've been looking at a very interesting uh, word of Jesus, the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. John 15, verse 1 to 8. before we read, I, I also want to take us back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter, chapter 2. Uh, let me just check. It's either Genesis chapter 2 or Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, I beg your pardon. Genesis chapter 1, 
verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is God's agenda. Male and female. Let no one be confused. Except you, by yourself or yourself, make up your mind to say you are confused about your gender. <laughs> Male and female, he created them. So that's clear. That's the scriptures. But that's not where we are going. Verse 26 or 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. God said, Be fruitful and multiply. And then he said, Fill the earth and Govern it. And then he said, rain. So, God's cre- creative agenda for me, for you, is to be fruitful. Is to be fruitful. And then when you become fruitful, you reign and then you govern. So, as a believer, our place really, while on earth, is a place of relevance. What we are naturally or primarily created to do is to be fruitful and reign. So when we don't reign, something is wrong. We are expected to be, we, are, we belong to a kingdom, right? We are expected to reign. And honestly speaking, we are the one that's supposed to make things happen. But then, what can deter us from reigning I believe is because of our unfruitfulness. And so Jesus, uh, we saw Jesus' anger about an unfruitful tree. So meaning that when we are not fruitful, we are not in our right place. But today's teaching is going to be a bit, maybe a bit interactive. I don't know how it's going to flow. So, be ready to speak. It's Bible study. Amen. 
so let's go to I just you know started from that premise because it, it's important for us to go back to the to Genesis Genesis explained to us how what who we are he opens our mind to see you know why we are here on earth in the first place okay John 15 verse 1 to 8 so we can read together John 15 I am the true, let's read it together because we get where we all speak. I am the true vine and my father, I'm not, I cannot hear you. And my father is the gardener. Verse 2. 2, not 12. That looks like a, a, a very fast finger. He cuts off every branch of mine. Underline the word, every branch of mine. So if you are, uh, it's a two-way thing, right? Be, being fruitful is a two-way thing. Every branch of mine that does not produce fruits. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruits. So that they will produce even more. Verse 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me yes I am the vine you are the branches those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing verse 6 anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned verse 7 but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. This brings glory to God. Amen. From what we have read, I mean, can we begin to deliberate. I have my note. Amen. Anybody? Ma? You want to explain a few things to us? Yes. Please be seated, Ma. They will give you a microphone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, from what we have read, Jesus Christ was only was actually telling us how we can be fruitful. Going back to Genesis chapter 1, we are commanded to be fruitful. But then we cannot be fruitful except we are connected to the one who is fruitful himself. He said he's the, he's the true vine. And unless we are connected to him, 
we cannot be fruitful. And if we are not fruitful, it then means we are not we are not fulfilling the purpose of our creation. So Good. there is no need to be cast out. But the only way we can be fruitful from this passage, of course, is when we are connected to Christ. Then we can be we can be empowered to fulfill the purpose because there's nothing any man can do without the energizer who is Christ and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much. Can we just uh, uh, clap for her, please? Any other person? Okay, please. Let me quickly build on or add to what my wife has said, taking it from Genesis also. I think what this says is that God on his own is fruitful. And being fruitful is just being in God's agenda. Because the Bible said that he created us in his image and his likeness. Good. So yeah. if that's what he did, all he wanted, all he wants us to do is just to go forth and replicate what we see him do. And he went further to say, it is it is only we are only known to be his disciple if fruitfulness is seen in us it's just like a, it's just like the father and the son you have a father who is who is loving it is naturally expected that being an offspring of that father that you should also be a loving son who will grow up to be a loving father i think this is just what god wanted us to, to know why he was uh, i mean creating this narrative i think this is just uh, my little contribution. Thank you, sir. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I think we as Christians too, we, we like to ask for things a lot. We ask for so many things from God while we're praying. And then in this text, it made, makes us realize that you, you can only ask for what you want and get it when you are connected to the Father. When you are fruitful, that's, that's when you can ask for what you want and then you will get it. So if you are not fruitful, you cannot ask for what you want and get it. So they work hand in hand. That's why I got from that text. Amen. Any other person? Because I'm going to build on everything. <laughs> Amen. Yes, okay. So for sure, there's a caveat there. So for you to be fruitful, there must be that connection. And if you're not connected to you, be fruitful. And if you're not connected to him, you will be thrown away. So I think even in spite of all that he said, all the beautiful of the world, but we must also understand that there's a caveat to it all. Hmm. That caveat is we must remain in him. Thank that's you. that's very key. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to build on what he said. Yeah, using that verse six and seven. He said if a man abided not in me. So me, I, I would say that this is leaving us with a choice. You can, it's clear that if you are connected to God, you'll be fruitful. If you disconnect, you go the other way. So it's a choice thing. So I would rather choose to connect so I can be fruitful. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Okay, yes, please. Praise God. I would like to connect that scripture with um, Matthew 5, 16. That says, um, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So I would say, um, there's no how a seed can grow without a planter. Put it inside the soil. There are some seeds that grow on their own if they sense the, uh, the presence of water or maybe breeze or something. But a, a seed cannot grow to be a tree if it's not depending on a planter. So I, I would say there's no how we can be fruitful if we are not connected to the planter, to the owner of the seed. So that's just Hallelujah. Can we clap for him? Hallelujah. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. This is CSB translation. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. How many of us have watched the, 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 the documentary of, um, of the vine before? That's the grape vine. The grape vine or the grape, the grape, I beg, I beg your pardon, the grape um, farm is perhaps one of the most arranged um, set of plants. And you know, it's such that it's, it can be inherited. People inherit grape farm from their fathers. As a matter of fact, there are grape farm that has been around for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years or more. But then the fruitfulness of such vine is a function of how it has been pruned over the years. We've, we've all spoken so wonderful so I'm just, just going to put everything together. Without a doubt, it's clear from the scriptures that our fruitfulness is dependent on us being in God. That's what she said. That's what, you know, quite everybody. It's a two-way relationship. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. It's also a matter of choice, just like what he said. Now, a believer must first be planted in Christ for us to be fruitful. Because a lot is dependent on our fruitfulness. It is only when we are fruitful, because we're still going to talk about the fruits. It's only when we are fruitful that we begin to reign and have dominion. Because if you look at the sequence of the instructions says, multiply, be fruitful, uh, reign and govern. So we, we must understand that we, we, we must take it 
with the level of seriousness that it requires from us. We're not supposed to be uh, a, I'm looking for the better word, Christians are not supposed to be onlookers and allow unbelievers to make policies for us on how the world that we live should be governed. We are not of the world. That's clear. But we also represent a kingdom here on earth. So I think the time has come for us to wake up and take our walk with God with the level of seriousness that it requires. Christianity is not for the lily livered. We're not supposed to be the one that is afraid. We must first be planted. For God's workings in our lives, we must first be planted in him. Now, let me go back to the story of the wine, of the grape vine. So, it, when you, we all, we are all familiar with grapes, right? The ones we buy at the, at the supermarket, sometimes by the roadside where they sell fruits, all those small, small ones that you have. Sometimes it could be red, sometimes it could be green. So, it's, it's, a, it's a plant that, that's like a climbing plant. It's, it, it climbs, it looks for support. And so it's necessary for, it climbs on trellis like there are supports at, you know, for it to lean on and then begin to, to blossom and bear fruit. So the planter will, takes, will take the necessary efforts that it takes to, to provide support because they, are, they must also be, of course we know if you're a farmer, there are distances that you must maintain while planting and all that, just for the sake of maneuvering and also, of course, storing harvest. You just don't plant everything together. So when you provide the support, certainly there are, at, at a point, when it starts to blossom, pruning is necessary so that the stem that is not pro- productive will be cut off. Why? So that the resources that is available will be properly channeled to the stem that is producing fruits. So that is done so that you don't waste resources. And we must know that God is judicious with the, with the resources of heaven. Just like the way you and I will not pour our resources into, you, don't, you will not pour your money into a business that you know that it's not going to be are fruitful or productive or bring returns. We must also we know that just the same way I will not invest in a business that is not moving. So that pruning is done. It might look as if it's a, it's a painful, when you look, pruning is just like, there is a pruning scissors. <laughs> they cut off something. So when you look at the word of God, there are 
character. There are things about us, about our thoughts, patterns, and processes that does not conform to how we should think. And then Holy Spirit begins to, you know, minister to us. And we start to do away with those things. It is not easy. But like she said, when you are planted in Christ, you will have Holy Spirit. And one of the functions of the Holy Spirit as a comforter is to give us strength. So you will have strength to go through the pruning process as we grow in Christ to become perfect. So when we make ourselves available for the gardener to prune us, we will begin to become perfect for his use here on earth. Amen. So in verse 2 it says, Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce much more fruit. Because when that is done by the farmer, the resources becomes available. For a branch that is already productive to become more productive. So when we are not producing fruit as we should, or when, you are, when we are not relevant as we should, maybe the question we should ask is, Am I actually in Christ? Am I still in God? Why do we need pruning? Number one, for effective Godly service for effective godly service. Number two, we need pruning because we need to be maximally productive. When you look at Galatians 5.22, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and it says, can you put that up on the board, please? Galatians that the fruit is singular. Even in the text that we've been looking at, John chapter 15, you realize that John chapter 15 follows, if you look, if you start reading from uh, John chapter 13 and 14 particularly, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. John 13 was God's valedictory night with his disciples. John 14, he spoke about Oh, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm giving you my Holy Spirit and all of that and all of that. 
And then in John, 14, John 15, he began to speak about fruitfulness. Building on the premise of what he has already said about the Holy Spirit. And so when you put this together with Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can you put that back, please? Gentleness, self-control, against such things, there is no law. Against such things, there is no law. Now, we also, pruning is also necessary because uh, we must prevent wastage of heaven and divine resources. Every branch that also do not produce well or that produces a corrupted fruit will not be spared. We just looked at the example of the fruits that we're expected to have as a believer. We'll look at more. As sometimes because we are used to, I just want us to think for a moment about the fruit of the Spirit. Beyond, you know, we say it all the time. But it's important that we look at it carefully and, and intently and to ask ourselves that, do I really have all this? Because if you do have all of this, there is no way you not, you know, reign and rule and be able to really multiply. Do you know that joy is contagious? I don't know if, if you've seen situations like this before when somebody will just tell you that you just smile all the time as if there is no as if you don't have a problem. Gentleness. That every, everybody talks about someone that is gentle. Say, so I just know this, this girl, this, this lady, she's never, she's not a troublemaker. She's just gentle. Self-control. These are attributes that are attractive Everybody, no, no one wants to be with someone that, that rages. Any small matter, you are just, you are up. Patience helps us to wait on God. We are, when, it, when you are not in a hurry, because you know that whatever it is that God, a, 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 some versions will put it as, you know, Perseverance. Long suffering. You don't just you don't just give up on on God, just because you feel that what He said has not come to pass. You just feel oh, that's all. Perseverance helps you to trust God the more. And if He has said it, then He will do it. 
Who wouldn't want someone like that? Who would not love someone like that? Who would not want to commit more into someone like that? Even you. Amen. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus says, the word I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. Remain in me and I in you. Which is why I said to Rose earlier, it's a two-way relationship. It's a total dependence on God. It's a two-way relationship. And how do you relate with God? Through his word. Primarily through his word. If you don't remain in the word, how much of God will you know? We must know that as a believer, three things are very essential for you. Number one is a disciplined life of prayer and studying and meditation of the word. And the third one is fasting. These three things are very important. Prayer. John, uh, Joshua chapter one, chapter 1 verse 8. And this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. The truth is this, the mind is never empty, except when you sleep. Even sometimes when you sleep, some people are still. Sometimes you hear my son, he's asleep, he'll just say, Tolu Animi, Tolu Animi, give me, give me my plate, give me my plate. As you are seated right now, your mind is not empty. You know, I was in the kitchen this morning and something just occurred to me. I said, I think I have to make up my mind really to remain, to stay positive in the way I think. And I thought about it. Because I realized that it costs more energy to remain negative. If, let's even put it at par. Let's say you are expending the same energy on thinking positive. You're expending the same energy on thinking negative right but what for, for what will be the gain if i remain negative what am i going to gain on the long run nothing it's just going to be a waste of my time so why don't i remain positive now this is it let's bring it home to how we think about our country i you I, I'm, I'm tired of complaining If you don't have anything to say, rather than cursing Nigeria, who could just be quiet? Because what will be what what has been the gain really? And just the same way we think about our lives. Some of us, you've concluded that your life is miserable and there is nothing to 
to, nothing good to write about your life. You have assessed your life by yourself for yourself and you have concluded that your life is meaningless. Why don't you also remember that your life what Jesus Christ to die on the cross of Calvary for you. So if your life what Jesus, if your life cost Jesus his life, that means you what something to God. For God to have allowed his son to die on my, on your behalf. That means you want something. So why don't you think about that? People might say to you that your life is, even in fact, do you know the circumstances speaks? Do you know that? Bad situation speaks to you. But overcoming bad situation is a, is a function of what you say back to that bad situation. Jesus, for example, when you look at Jesus, Jesus, in response, spoke back to the tree and says, no man will be able to eat from you anymore. Jesus could not have responded if that circumstances have not spoken to Jesus. Because you only respond because somebody has spoken to you. If I have not spoken to you, you have nothing to say to me. As silent as it were, it's a very important word that we must pay attention to. And Jesus in response, let's look at Mark, Mark 11. Mark 11, I'm reading the New King James Version. Verse 12. Now the next day, when he had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would have something on it. But when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it wasn't the season of figs. In verse 14. In response. Is it there? Yes. In response. Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Perhaps they did not hear when that tree was speaking. Uh, it might not literally be like talking like I'm speaking. But do you know that situations of life and circumstances and complexities of life don't have mouth, but yet they speak. tell you you're going to remain there forever. Tells you nobody has ever achieved this feat before in your family. Nobody has ever been this fruitful in your family. Never, nobody has ever achieved this fame in your family. And you looked at it and said, oh, okay. What is speaking to you, you cannot see, but you can hear. And then you looked at it truly and you said, yeah, really? It's not true. Am I not being ambitious? Or am I not like <laughs> No wonder Jesus then said, if you have faith and you do not doubt in your heart, you will say 
to the mountain that stands before you be removed and be cast into the sea. Circumstances of life, only Goro, they can hear. When you speak, they hear. When you speak the word of God, they hear. Amen. Let's go back to what we were discussing. I said it's a two-way relationship. Total dependence upon God. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Unless it remains. Unless it remains. So, for us to be continually productive or fruitful, we must remain in Him. It's a continuous thing. We must remain is you stay there and you continue to stay there. There is no time we should be on holiday and say, oh, at this time of my life, Jesus, I'm going on vacation, I don't need you. You can't vacate Jesus from your life if you must remain fruitful. And then I've come to realize that the moment you take a vacation from Jesus, when you come back, you begin again. You start your growth process all over again. Which is why we must take it with, level, with every level of seriousness that it requires. If we must indeed grow. Amen. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. If you remove the word much out of it, it's still very valid and correct. But he's saying here that if you remain in me, you bear much fruit. Much fruit, qualifying your level of production. You bear much fruit because you can do nothing without me. I said to Rose earlier that faithful fruitfulness is God's primary creative and redemptive purpose. Which is why when Adam fell, Jesus had to die. Because that purpose must be fulfilled in the life of every believer. I need you to just imagine a level of intelligence that was at play in Adam. The Bible says to us that he called every animal their names, everything. When we remain in God, we will, be, we will have supernatural wisdom. Because we always have Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth to teach us all things. So, when the world is upside down, they are looking for a, a believer. And look at all, almost all of human in, invention. 
creative invention. The brain behind it is it's, it's a believer, someone who loves God, a Christian. Just go and study. We are not uh, we are not ordinary. There is power in the word of God. We looked at the life of Daniel last week and Daniel said in Daniel chapter 12, 11, 12 I think, says, I Daniel, I understood by the books. I understood the time and the season for deliverance and the exodus of God's people by studying the word. There is, uh, look at all of business principles. They are all premised on God's word. All of it. All, all of all of everything. Verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown aside like a branch and it withers. They gather them, throw them into fire, and they are born. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. You know, a lot of times we've quoted the scripture out of context because we feel that it is fit for the purpose to which we want to use it. We have said in prayer, the Bible says to me, you can ask for anything in my name. Anything in my name. And I will do it. Yes, it is true. But we must also remember or look at the condition to which that will be granted. Because you cannot be in Christ and ask for things that are not in tandem with the purpose of God. You see, there is what they call the conduit principle. Conduit principle. Uh, I think I've given an illustration before. Normally, water passes through the pipe. That pipe gets wet. All that the pipe needs to do is just to remain available. This answers the question of prosperity. Which is like if you look at the prayer list of a number of people, what is what is filled with is give me money, give me money, give me money, give me money, give me money. I want to drive Rolls Royce. I want to live in. They are all good. They are all available for us. But when we really seek God and make us ourselves available for His use. All of the things will follow us. I have experienced that in my life over and over again. Being available for God's use. Being available for His service. Amen. When you remain in God, you can ask for whatsoever that you need. 
whatever you need, whatever you want, and it will be done for you. Ask for whatever you want. That's, that means having more than what you will need. When all your needs are met and then you still have enough to give, what a blessing that will be. Verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much more fruits and prove to be my disciple. So, in a nutshell, the only way I can glorify God is if I am fruitful. So if I have rage, anger in me, hatred, bitterness, I'm not glorifying God. If I cannot persevere and trust Him even in, 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 my, difficult, in my difficult moments, if I give up on him, that means I'm not glorifying him. If I don't have joy, I'm not glorifying him. You see, Bible says, count it all joy. When you are in diverse difficulties, count it all joy. Not that it is a, 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 it's, it doesn't look pleasant it looks very discouraging but the Bible says count it all joy because you are in it and Jesus is in that situation with you so irrespective of what I'm going to no matter how difficult they look no matter how unsolvable they look I should count it all joy because with God, nothing shall be impossible. Meaning that I, I believe, I have, I have an absolute trust in the God that I serve. That they can move mountains on my behalf. We all feel bad when you feel that someone don't believe in you. Don't we? Don't you feel bad when you are, when you when somebody says, oh, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe in you. Uh, I don't think, there is a, a, a bad feeling that follows. When, when somebody don't believe in your dreams, in your aspirations, in your capacity, right? Sometimes at workplace, some, some people will feel bad because their employer don't feel that they could deliver. And you are making efforts. Then how much more you think God will feel when you don't trust him to be able to do all the things he's saying he can do? He wants us to believe in Him and trust in Him. Okay, I even had an article here about pruning and stuff like that. Second Peter 
Second Peter chapter 1 verses 5 to 8. Second Peter chapter 1. Can we have it on the board, please? Let me read from verse 2. I'll read the living Bible. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? Then learn to know him better and better. For as you know him better, he will give you through his great power everything you need for living a truly good life. truly good life he even shares his own glory and his own goodness with us and by that same mighty power he has given us all the other rich and wonderful blessings he promised for instance the promise to save us from the lost and rottenness all around us and to give us his own character verse 5 but to obtain this gift you need more faith. You need more than faith. You must also work hard to be good. You must also work hard to be good. I read um, the parable of, this, of, of, of the sower from, I think, the Passion Translation. The NIV. The NIV, I think. And it says, it is only a good and a noble heart that will retain God's word. You make up your mind for your heart to be good. It's a decision you will have to make yourself. Nobody's going to make that decision for you. You are bad in your thinking because you chose to be bad. If you make up your mind to do good, you'll be good. So for you to retain God's word, you must make up your mind. It's a disciplined thing to be good and be noble. Everyone doing something bad, that person has an idea that I'm not doing what is right. And then by perseverance, we produce fruit. We're going to go there and that will be our last scripture for today. But to obtain this gift, you need more than faith. You must also work hard. You must also work hard to be good. And even that is not enough. For then you must learn to know God better and discover that and discover what He wants you to do. Next, learn to put aside. Learn to put aside your own desires so that you will become patient and godly. Gladly letting God have his way with you. Verse 7. This will make possible the next step. Which is for you to enjoy other people. As a believer you must enjoy other people. It's a level of growth. Stop being resentful. Some of us, by looking at someone that you have never met before. You just say, I just don't like the way this person speaks. You don't know the person. No? And just by 
having just a short conversation with that person or, a con or not a conversation at all, maybe because it doesn't look the way you want that person to look, you, have, you are resenting that person already. That's not, that's not good for a believer. You know, I'm not going to talk about mention the name of the religion. But once I say this, you know, I've observed a, a particular set of people. They don't have resentment. They, they, no matter how, I'm not saying don't be clean or be, be hygiene is good. It's in the Bible. But they can eat together from the same plate. They don't know that person, no. When it's time for their prayer, they can they share things. They relate well at the level of their religion. Can we say that of a believer? Some of us we don't even know the name of the next person that sits beside you in your in your in your church. Just worship. Oh, praise God, hallelujah. We'll see you next week. Just carry your back and go. The Bible says to us here, enjoy. Enjoy all the people and to like them. And finally, you will grow to love them deeply. Verse 8. The more you go on in this way, the more you will grow strong spiritually and become fruitful and useful for the Lord Jesus Christ. What version? NLT, can you go to that? Let's, let's look at it together again from verse, from verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. Supplement your belief in God. Because that's what faith is all about. Trust, absolute trust in God. If you, with a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patience, endurance, and patience, endurance with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection, which is what the uh, Living Bible puts as enjoy other people. Enjoy other people. Enjoy other people. With love, brotherly affection, with love for everyone. Verse 8. The more you grow like this, the what? And you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I think we've been able to pick the key for fruitfulness, how to become fruitful. You study the word, that's very important, but you also have a role to play.
I want to be fruitful, so we're going to pray. And you're going to tell God that through His Spirit to expose to you the areas of your life that you, that you need to make adjustments. You see, the essence of the word is such that when you read the word, it points to us the area of our life that we need to make adjustments. We just learn the secret to reign and the secret to, to be relevant. And which is being fruitful. And how do we become fruitful? We study God's word, but the Bible also says to us that we have role to play in this, in this, in this regard. enjoy you pruning my life. I want to know more and more of you. I want to glorify you with my life, with the way I live my life. I want people to see me and see you. I want to stand when you return. Or even when I meet with you, I want to, you to say, good and faithful servant. I want you to say to me that indeed, the way you live your life glorified me. I want to live for what is the most important which is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Exemplifying the kingdom of God here on earth. I want to be fruitful, Lord. I want to stand for you. That the works of Jesus on the cross of carry over my life not a waste. Be not a waste, oh God. I want to remain in you. This, is, this must be the prayer for every believer at such a time as this. When the world feels that they don't need Jesus anymore. Because they think they have, they have become wise in their own sight. They forgot who gave them that brain. They forgot the owner of their lives thinking they could do all without the help of him that created them. People live their lives as if God is not needed anymore. Oh, they are so forgetful of themselves. Forgetful of the owners of their life, the owner of their life. The one who created all things, the one who sits upon the throne. The one who looks and the one who is coming to judge the world one day. Some feel they don't need to remain in Christ anymore. Just because they could do little exploits. I want to do great exploits. 
I want to remain in you, Father, until the end. The Bible admonishes us to, to enjoy others, to enjoy every other person. But the world is becoming selfish day after day. Let's cry to God that whatever it is that is making the world a hostile place for us to live, maybe insecurity. The Lord should take it away from us. That we, may re- that we may remain fruitful in Him and serve Him the way that will please Him. Maybe economic hardship has made life so difficult and people no longer care for their own, their own relatives and their own families. Why don't you trust God today and say, God, every hindrance is, oh God, that will make serving you the way that will please you difficult for us. Lord, take it away from our lives. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Lastly, I want us to pray for our country. I traveled with a dear brother some weeks back to town that I grew up in and I was, I said to myself, I even said to him in the car, I said, ah, if I have to travel this road again, I have to think twice. The road has become so terrible and the security forces that that part of the road that is bad has become, you know, the event for kidnappers, that a number of people have been kidnapped at that spot. And, and I'm sure there are pockets, pockets of places like that all over the country. I'm not satisfied with the way things are in my nation. And I know that I have a responsibility to pray for the deliverance of this land. And so is every believer. The Bible says we should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of where you live. It is your responsibility. Why don't you pray? You look at the news, it's not it's not good. A number of people have stopped listening to newspaper review, it's just bad news everywhere. But we will not be quiet, we will not be, be still until the peace of Jerusalem is restored, until the peace of our nation is restored. kidnapping every day, banditry. Looks like there is no order 
things are just oh father have mercy father have mercy lord have mercy lord let your mercy speak over this land in the name of jesus oh mercy lord mercy Our government schools is they are all nothing to, to write to write about. Our health facilities are it's Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy in the name of Jesus. Mercy, Lord. Oh mercy. In the name of Jesus. Mercy, Lord. Oh, Lord, mercy. Have mercy on Nigeria, Lord. Oh, let your blood speak, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Arise, Nigeria, and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Some of us as much as it's okay to to travel or to relocate, it's okay. There is nothing wrong about that. But not all, not everyone will leave. Not all of your family members will leave. Some people will still remain. That is why you must pray. If you love them, you will pray for them. Maybe you are listening to me and you are in Nigeria. And you are not even in this country anymore you, because you have left. You stop praying for your nation. But if you have relatives here, if you have siblings, uncles, aunts, if you love them, you will pray for your nation. Lord, have mercy over our land. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let kidnapping stop. In the mighty name of Jesus. Have mercy over our economy. This country is owing so much. And we have so much. God has blessed our nation. We are not supposed to suffer like this. Oh Lord, have mercy. Lord, if a function of our of our lukewarmness as believers, as Christians, maybe we have you know, fold our arms and allow things to just go bad without getting involved in the affairs of our nation. Father, forgive us, Lord. Let this land cease to be a land that kills businesses in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
Lord, let Nigeria rise again and have respect amongst nations of the world. Let our currency regain strength. In the name of Jesus, I've seen it before. At some point in our nation, Naira was stronger than the dollar. And it's going to happen again. Because I know that there is nothing that my Father in heaven cannot do. If my people that are called by my name will repent, will cry to me, I will have mercy. Lord, we only ask for your mercy, Lord. Mercy of our land. Oh, Nigeria must stop crawling. This nation must start to walk, run, and fly. In the name of Jesus, we have read about the exploit of the people of this land in other nations of the world. Nigeria doesn't have bad people. Lord, even if a good seed is planted in a bad soil, it will not grow. We are good people. Have mercy on our land. In the name of Jesus, heal this land of diseases and sickness, of malnutrition. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes you read news, say, you said, recently I watched a video of Nigerian doctors living, and I asked myself, I was having a conversation with my doctor some weeks back and he was telling me about the, 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 the happenings in the medical world. He says, those, he put it this way, he said, those boys, those children, they are not even ready for residency anymore. When you engage them coming from school to your hospital or under their table, you have books, they are ready for exams in Canada, in the US, in the UK. They don't want to stay anymore. And that is, that cuts across every field, every profession. Oh, Lord, have mercy. This is our cry to you tonight. How can we be in the midst of plenty? And yet some people still go to bed without food. So much of human resources endowed with brain. Lord, have mercy, Lord. Mercy, mercy over Nigeria. How can this... 61-year-old child still be crawling. It is abnormal that defies human reasoning. A 60-year-old child, a 60-year-old country that cannot even secure her own borders. Oh, this is not right. God have mercy in the name of Jesus. And let 
anyone that is standing in this in the gap in the in, in the, let anyone that is standing in the way of progress of this nation pay with their own lives in the name of Jesus anyone that feels that the claw and the progress of this nation is dependent on what I do no it is dependent on what God wants to do and I know that God is set to do the miraculous in this land in the name of Jesus anyone any family that is drawing this nation back they lose their hold in the name of Jesus any group of people standing in the way of progress of my nation they lose their hold in the name of Jesus my children will enjoy this land they will see the good of this land I will see the goodness of God in this land in the name of Jesus People will be able to choose to send their children to school. The school that they desire. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is reviving our land. He's reviving our nation. In the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, let your revival begin. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father. Amen. 